Welcome to Sky Women. I'm your host, Dr. Carolyn Moyers, a wife, mom, and board-certified OB-GYN. This is a place to educate, empower, and inspire. Join us each week as we share the power of women's stories. Real women, real stories, real inspiration. Put on your stretchy pants. Let's get going. Welcome, Sky community. Welcome back to another episode of Sky Women. I am so excited that you're here today, wherever you're listening. Uh, Grab a pencil because you're going to want to take some notes as we talk about vaginal health in our 40s. Recently, we had three other fantastic experts in this area on, and we talked a lot about the ins and outs and symptoms and whatnot, but I really wanted to lay out for you, what are the therapy options for vaginal dryness as we age? And um, some of you may have heard, but the North American Menopause Society recently came out with a new position statement as of 2022. They have a new hormone therapy position statement of North American Menopause Society. So um, at some point, we will kind of go over uh, the highlights from that and what that means for you. But specifically, I want to talk about the genitourinary symptoms. And someone asked me to talk about vaginal health in our 40s. Um, And and so you might say, well, what do genitourinary symptoms of menopause have to do with me in my 40s? The average age of menopause is... 51. And so in order to have an average, you've got people on either side of that and you can start having perimenopausal symptoms seven to 10 years prior to menopause. So this is happening in our forties, ladies, that we're starting to notice changes. So uh, the genitourinary syndrome of menopause includes signs and symptoms associated with menopause related estrogen deficiency involving changes to the labia, the vagina, the urethra and bladder. And this includes what we've heard called before vulvovaginal atrophy. Okay. These symptoms include genital dryness, burning and irritation, sexual symptoms of diminished lubrication and pain with sexual activity and urinary symptoms of urgency, uh, dysuria, which is discomfort with peeing, burning with peeing, and recurrent urinary tract infections. So estrogen therapy, specifically vaginal estrogen, is an effective treatment for these symptoms with no evidence to suggest a difference in safety or efficacy between the different vaginal preparations. So there's the good news is that there's lots of options for how to get it. But before we even get there, Let's say, you know, just from the flux of estrogen levels in our perimenopausal symptoms, you may be thinking, well, is there something non-hormonal that I could do? And there absolutely is. You have an option for non-hormonal options or non-hormonal treatments, such as something as simple as vaginal lubricants. They're intended for use with sexual or penetrative activities, including a pelvic exam. They can provide short-term relief, but there's no evidence of any impact on the histologic changes of the atrophy that we see that happens with the vagina. And basically the the skin of the vagina, which is an internal organ, I'm not talking about the vulva, the external genitalia specifically, but the internal organ, the vagina leading up to the cervix or vaginal cuff if you've had a hysterectomy. That tissue tends to thin, we have less folds, there's less lubrication. So a vaginal lube, whether water-based or oil-based or silicone-based or any combination thereof, can provide some relief. 
um, but it's not long-term and we're not making any significant changes to that vaginal epithelium. Um, so vaginal moisturizers, these can be used to treat um, those genitourinary symptoms. They're applied regularly, but uh, not just with vaginal activity. This is something that you would use um, either once or twice a week or sometimes daily. Um, some lubricants can help to maintain the acidic pH of the vagina and may reverse the histologic changes in atrophy. Uh, there is some symptomatic improvement uh, over a placebo that has been shown in clinical trials. However, it's a bit of a trial and error in choosing your products um, and just finding what is, is best for you. Um, products should not, or should be tried in succession. So I don't want you using multiple products at the same time. Um, we're going to want to like have a period between using them if we're trialing new to make sure that there's not any remaining on any other products, you know, whether it's a wash rag or some sort of, um, or clothing, piece of clothing, we want to make sure everything that's been washed and we are trying a new one to help avoid um, some of these other um, irritations. If we have any contact dermatitis or irritation, if you're irritated by any of the products. Additional options could focus on pelvic floor physical therapy or vaginal dilators. If we have any vaginismus or pain to the vulva or um, hypertrophic pelvic floor, or hypertonic pelvic floor rather, um, and also can isolate trigger points. So there's some biofeedback that pelvic floor physical therapists can do with you, um, some relaxation and home exercises and vaginal massage that could help if that is an issue. Okay, now let's get back to our hormone therapy options. So um, estrogen products, specifically, we've got low-dose vaginal estrogen preparations that include creams, tablets, rings, and a soft gel vaginal insert. The different preparations all contain estradiol. And one ring is available for long-term use, for long-term delivery. That's a three-month delivery of low-dose estradiol to the vagina. It's aimed at providing systemic levels of estrogen. So the remainder of the vaginal estrogen formulations are all low-dose vaginal estrogen, act locally where we need it. There is very minimal systemic absorption. Um, even if you've had breast cancer or estrogen-sensitive cancer, you can still use these products. It's preferred that you insert the vaginal products in the proximal lower third of the vagina rather than the upper third. That helps to improve the um, efficacy for genitourinary symptoms and um, really helps uh, the estradiol absorption. So really with the vaginal um, options, it is specific to what works best for you and what you can tolerate. Some people like the vaginal ring. Some people don't like the idea of fishing out the vaginal ring. Some people think the cream is entirely too messy. Some people feel like the vaginal tablet disintegrates before they get it where it needs to go. So <laughs> there definitely is some consideration and personal preference and what works best for you. What about our endometrium? Because you hear a lot of times, well, I can't take unopposed estrogen. If you still have a uterus, you need to take progesterone. And with vaginal estrogen alone, you actually don't need any additional progesterone um, therapy to protect that endometrium. Because again, we're not getting that elevated systemic level of estradiol. Now I want to talk to you about vaginal DHEA. Okay. So this is a treatment uh, for painful intercourse, secondary to moderate to severe vulvovaginal atrophy. 
caused by menopause. The DHEA is an endogenous steroid that gets converted by aromatase activity into testosterone and estradiol. So clinical trials have found that 12 weeks of vaginal DHEA, um, and there's different strengths and formulations, uh, were more effective than placebo in improving vaginal dryness and painful intercourse in women with uh, genitus as urinary symptoms of menopause. So it's locally applied. Uh, it decreased the parabasal cells, decreased vaginal pH. Remember, the vagina likes to be acidic. Um, and it increased vaginal secretions and improved the epithelial surface thickness and integrity without any significant impact on your blood levels, serum levels of DHEA, DHE sulfate, estradiol, testosterone, and other metabolites. So for some people, they really love this option. And I do want to mention um, back to our estrogen, vaginal estrogen, you know, these contain the black box warning about um, risk. It indicates at risk of endometrial cancer, cardiovascular disorders, breast cancer, and probable dementia. I believe the North American Menopause Society continues to believe that the black box warning on low-dose vaginal estrogen is such that the blood levels remain within the normal postmenopausal range, um, and it unnecessarily frightens women and keeps them from getting much-needed treatment. Um, the genitourinary symptoms of menopause is chronic and progressive and can help have many uh, medical consequences, including urinary tract infections, risk of vaginal infections. It can affect your relationship, your quality of life, daily activities, and enjoyment of sex. Um, these are all really important things. And so because there is not a significant increase in the systemic level in your blood levels of estradiol, um, it is really, really safe. Um, there is another option that we can talk about that is an oral option. And this is Osbifina, an estradiol agonist in the vagina. It's taken daily as 60 milligrams to oral dose. Okay. So it acts on the estrogen receptors in the vagina. When I say an estrogen agonist in the vagina, but it's actually taken orally 60 milligram oral dose and long-term studies suggest no adverse effects on the endometrium, the lining of the uterus or the breast for at least 52 weeks. So this is an option that can potentially help those genitourinary symptoms and um, help to improve the vaginal maturation index and um, decrease the vaginal pH. So there are a buffet of options. So if you are, feel like you're getting the runaround or your doctor's not asking, or you're feeling embarrassed about asking, please just ask. And if you aren't getting the answers that you need, seek out a North American Menopause Society certified menopause practitioner. There are nurse practitioners, there are midwives, there are OB-GYNs, there are urologists who are doing fabulous work in this area who can offer you uh, all of the options and help you decide which one is best fitted for you and your health and your wellness throughout your 40s and beyond. So if you have any questions, please shoot us an email at hello at Sky Women's Health. We would love to answer those. We would love to address your concerns and know more about what it is you want to hear. I hope you found this episode informative. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe and share with a friend. Until next week, be well. All right, Sky community. Thank you for listening to another episode. 
This episode was sponsored by Sky Women's Health. As a reminder, we're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and we help relieve back pain and pelvic pain in pregnancy and beyond. If you are pregnant and having pain and you feel like you have no reliable way to relieve it, look us up at skywomenshealth.com, request an appointment, and we'll call to get you scheduled. As a board-certified OB-GYN with a Neuromusculoskeletal Medicine Fellowship, I help you realign with hands-on drug-free treatment and relieve pain on the spot without medication. We'll help you maintain these results through your pregnancy and postpartum period. Every pregnant person deserves this, and we are so excited to serve you. You can find us on our website, as mentioned, or on social at Sky Women's Health, or you can call the office at 817-915-9803. That's it for today. Until next week, be well.